There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. Three women, one podcast, and a whole load of badass. I'm Harriet Minter, and I'm here with Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And this week, we have a very special guest in the shape of Mary Portis. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators, but no one compares. Badass Women's Hour XL with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell, and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. One, two, three, four! We're very excited because... We're joined in the studio by someone we basically all think is a bit of a living legend. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's not going to be really unbiased reporting in the next 15 minutes. I'm just warning you. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, we are lucky enough to have the fabulous Mary Porters with us. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Uh, you have just published a book, Work Like a Woman. Mm. Why did you decide to write the book now? Um, well, it was just that I, I really thought it was important that the way we work shifts and changes um you know we i think we've had and i think we've seen over the past particularly the past few years women who are who have just got incredible talent still unable to get to the top um and about five years ago i i found that whilst i was having a really lovely life and i do have i'm very lucky i have a lovely life and quite a wealthy life i actually wasn't getting that deep-seated joy from my work i was i was enjoying it but i didn't get that deep joy and i realized that actually i'd been working in a way that i was shown how to work which was quite within an alpha culture and, and i'd sort of succeeded because i learned to take on the codes of being alpha and it was exhausting and for lots of reasons, things going on in my life, I just thought, well, what if I changed that? What if I just worked in a different way? What if I worked like me and the values that I hold dear as a woman? And I started to go on this journey through my agency. Um, and I have about 50-odd staff. And, and we just changed everything that were the codes of how one expected to work and were accepted codes. We just questioned everyone and said, do we want to work like this? And we sort of kept a journal on the way and it ended up being this book. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Love so that. We that. had this exact conversation before you joined us, uh, thinking back to your TV career. Was it the presentation of how you went into a business or how into, into a space was quite mm. alpha. And so actually it's interesting to hear that you recognise that your way of working fit the model of society back then. But don't forget they edit you. This is and also here's true. the yeah. other thing that, you know, what you didn't see was mm -hmm. me off screen holding these people and saying, listen, I know mm -hmm. that you are deeply vulnerable. I know 
that you have come to us because you are not making money. You're at the lowest point in your life, but don't worry. Mm. We're going to work this out together. They didn't want to show that. Mm. That wasn't, but at the time, that genre was very much you had Ramsey going yes. in. Like, yeah, we said think, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and, and, you know, I'd say, oh, she's a ball breaker. And I was like, actually, I'm not. Mm. I'm strong. And, and so I, and one of the things that I, I, I have is still in, in my agencies, we call radical candor. Look, if something needs to be said, you say it. But you say it with the right intent that you want the right outcome for both of you. So I don't muck about, but I'm also at the heart of what I do and what instinctively I do and what I genuinely believe in is people. And how if you can make people better and you can make people perform better, the byproduct is the business is going to work. Mm. But that was never shown to an extent. And of course, I went along with it and it was enjoyable. It was great years. But I look back now and go, that was only a part of me. Right. Interesting. When you were doing it, did you think, you look back now and say that was only a part of me. Mm. And I definitely agree with you. When we're in the media, you do create a bit of a persona and you get somebody saying, what we want is this. And you go, okay, well, I can do that. That's fine. And then that just becomes you. And that's what everyone expects the second you walk into the room. Did you find when you were in it that you would walk into a room and everyone be like, oh my gosh, Mary Portis is here. And you're like, no, I'm really nice. I'm I'm easy going. What's, What's your problem? Yeah, I'm not easy going. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd love to. That's why I have to meditate. Blimey, I've been on a journey. Um, so I was always the high maintenance kid out of the five kids at home and at school. I was like, with a group of friends last night and you were always like just full on Portis. Well, I was. But um, uh, no, and I think what you do is, of course it's that. And I I'd, I'd do interviews and you'd know even on interviews they wanted to. There was a mould they had. They had a, you know, a, a way that they were going to reflect you. And therefore these were the questions that they wanted to get out of you. And, and so that it absolutely perpetuated what this slight cliche was of who mm-hmm. you were going to be. Um, and it actually, to an extent, there was part of me that thought, well, that is my success. You know, I am strong. I have yeah. taken on Alpha Codes. I can, you know, if it, there's five guys in a room and it's a, a big, you know, negotiate that needs to go on, yeah, throw me in there. But it wasn't all of me. And that was really where I saw the issues with so many women unable to make it to the top, that the codes of business invariably are about individualism. Mm-hmm. They're about beating your opponent. Because how do you get to the top of a hierarchical system? You've got to be the best within the game that they play. And I think we're seeing the backlash of this. I know we've had the sort of Me Too and we've had the gender pay cut, but we're now starting to see this kind of implicit and explicit bullying that goes on if you don't fit into the mould, if you don't fit into this way. And I think... You know, I, I always talk about The Apprentice. I look at that and I just think someone's got to do a show that's the antithesis of this, yeah. where these complete bunch of halfwits fight for each other yeah. to be the best. Nobody's looking at who's how they do it. They're looking at where they get to. Mm. And I just thought, well, if we change that, would I empower women in my business? Because I wanted a female MD. And it just worked. And I sat down. The first thing I said to the girl I wanted to put in is, I know you've had one child. Do you want another one? Which is, you're not meant to do. And I thought, well, why weren't you meant to do it? You know, if you, if the intent is right, I want to work with you on creating a way that you can work and have your yeah. children. And it sort of rolled on from there. Everything we started to look at. And it just became wonderful. And it's, it's now a place where I want to go in. And everybody has this voice. We have what we call 360-degree reviews. So... 
I get called out as well. So seven or eight people will write what they think of me in the office, you know, and everybody's accountable. So there isn't this hierarchical power that can abuse. Love that. We're going to talk about, um, I really want to talk to you about abuse of power and hierarchies, definitely. Uh, We're going to keep talking to Mary Portis here on Badass Women's Hour XL next. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to Badass Women's Hour XL with me, Harriet Minton, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton and the woman that we basically want to recruit to be the fourth member, Mary Porter. <laughs> I'm coming in, girls. I'm coming. It's a bit far from North London. Apart from that. <laughs> uh, so before the break, we were talking about, um, you talked about hierarchical cultures and how this leads to an abuse of power. And right at the beginning of your book, Work Like a Woman, uh, you talk about working in Harrods and there almost being a walkout because of the way that women were treated in Harrods. Mm. And it really reminded me of the accusations put to Philip Green at Topshop that he has denied. It seems astonishing to me that in this time, retail culture has not changed. Why is that? Oh, please, let's try and think this one out. Um, Well, I think where there's money (laughs) you have and where you have corporate businesses that are based on systems and, and logistics, you know, you have... And where there's money that's quite easily to be made, and let's face it, Philip Green's made a lot of money. Um, it's not been around the sort of creative process. It's more been on a very clever logistics, how you run a business, how you buy in, how you work with suppliers. And there's a slaughter, there's an aggression that goes with that, for sure. I've yeah. been in, in the industry for, for many years and you see that. And what, what we're talking about is 80% of women within those groups it, it, work. 80% of the, the, the working um, people are women. Only 10% make the board. Wow, that's a huge... Isn't that ridiculous? 80% yeah, of buying shift. decisions in this country are made by women. Like even buying their old men's mm-hmm. knickers. I don't knickers. That shows you how many I'm <laughs> by my wife's. But, um, so, so this is just, what is it that's stopping? And I think there's, there's lots of things. What happens in those businesses if you have a man at the top with that sort of aggressive go-getting let's forget all the sexual implications there is still that sort of power hierarchy when someone like him comes into a room they all shake mm-hmm. you know what's he going to say when you create an a, an aura around that you never get the best out of anyone because nobody has a voice because you feel humiliated if you say the wrong thing and you will be humiliated mm-hmm. so then you get like-minded people around you who'll play the same game 
you know. So that's how they build. And then you get these women that go into the fashion industry, want to get into it, and then they suddenly get into the place where they can move up and they go, do I want to work like that? No, I don't. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is you employ, people employ like-minded people. So if your attitude is talking about the football or your attitude is you're going to go down the pub to have a drink or you talk about women in that sort of way, sweetheart, all right, darling, <laughs> then you get these clubs and you feel... We all connect with people that we feel connected to, as it were, like-minded. We're sitting here and we think we could probably go out for a drink, couldn't we? So you kind of employ those people and it's very difficult to break into it. Yeah. So what you have to do is change the culture. But when power's right at the top and you can just point and just sack anyone at any point, why would you want to? Mary, when you were 30, you made it to the board at Harvey Nicks, didn't you? Yes. Harvey Nichols. So, I mean, I imagine the culture there at that time. How did you manage to do that? Was that, an, was that an easy position to try and gain or did you have to work through that culture quite a bit? Or was no, it a different place? it wasn't there? as bad as what I, I think the culture that we're seeing, you know, around Philip Green. It wasn't as bad as that. And it was luxury, darling. It's <laughs> <laughs> always so much nicer thing though is that I my job was quite unique so I did all the creative stuff so from the windows yeah, you the made marketing. the Harvey Nichols windows yeah, famous yeah. so the big displays so that I they became had. quite yeah. a unique role there mm. and it was quite you know and they needed that creative direction we were rebranding it we wanted to make it famous so I did the connection with you know Jennifer Saunders on our fab so and then I put on the new generation fashion shows it was a very kind of there was this unique job that I'd created and it became it was what gave it its success, reputation. So they they needed me in that way, you know. And I was lucky. I was young. I was just energetic. And it was a great team of people. And it just worked. Mm. But even then, you know, this was a luxury business, a fashion business. 80% of the board were men. And, and 20%, you know, were women. And it's just sort of like, that's just crazy. We see it even Marks and Spencers. Another guy's going to come in, you know, worked at Asda. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Did three for two at deals there. Bring him in. <laughs> Knows how to sort out the bottom line. And, you know, what happens is you just keep perpetuating a culture and you just have to change this. But, and as I say to many businesses, unless you do change this culture, you are not going to bring the great talent in. You are not going to bring women into the business at the top. You're not going to have differing op opinions, which in any life is important, where you get all these different voices and you create a picture that's not just blinkered. And the millennials and Generation Z just don't want to work like that anymore. So I think unless we do change culture and business, we're going to have a lot of issues and we're going to see a lot more in the press. There'll be more of people who have had bullying and it will continue until we change. But everything you're saying makes sense to us in, in the room. I'm sure Dan and Steve at home are throwing things at, at the radio. Um, but things are still not shifting and changing. And so what does it fundamentally all have to come crashing down before we see things change? Or do you think it's going to be incremental? So we're looking at a 20 year journey. I don't, I, I, do you know, I don't think it's going to be 20 years. I hope to God it's not going to be 20 mm. years. But I think even what, with the Me Too movement and the gender pay gap, we're starting to see this. What, I call it the movement of the goddess. Mm -hmm. I, can, I genuinely mm -hmm. feel it. Mm -hmm. The women are coming. Mm -hmm. The women are coming. And we need the voices and we all need to be the voice. And we all know, like I wrote a piece for the FT the other day on this and I, my, my friend said, did you look at the comments? And I said, no, I, no. she said they were hideous. And mm -hmm. I said, of course. Yeah. You just have to say, you know what? I believe in this and stand up because someone's going to go, you know, you're an idiot or this is wrong. Mm -hmm. A lot of them will be people who are threatened. Mm -hmm. There are lots of men who understand it, have written to me and said, fantastic, because they too 
want to have a nicer working life. They too want to be humane. Mm. They too want to be decent and actually just say, say at the end of the day, I did all right there, didn't I? And I did something that was right for the world yeah. as well as for me. Yeah. And I think the more we get together and do this, and some big corporations are doing it, PwC are doing stuff, we're starting to see the shift. Some because we have to, and some because people are going, I just want to be a better person. Yeah. You talked at the beginning about how you had this moment where you looked at your life and you're like, I like what I'm doing, but it's not really bringing me joy. What was the, I guess, what was the nail in the coffin where you said, right, no, we have to make a change now? Well, my son, my, my son who's now six, Horatio, was born. My wife gave birth to him. And my son that I gave birth to, Milo, was leaving to go to university at 18. And I literally remember I had this child that had come into this world, this young boy, and one that was going out into the world. I get emotional now when I think of it. And I remember packing up Milo's room and getting stuff together with him. And just there was this... And it was a visceral kind of move that just said, you know, what do you and what am I giving to these boys? Do I want these boys to become men who are giving something back to the world, who are doing good for them, but also good for the world? And I started to look at me and it just wouldn't go away and how I'd made money. I've had a lovely life. And I just was thinking, can I? I started to read a lot of sort of philosophy books and looking at how to live. And then I was like... That's all right for all these wonderful Buddhist nuns and people that I'm reading about up in the mountains, but I've got to earn this money and I've got three kids. How can I do it? How can the two come together? And it just wouldn't leave me. That's all I can say. It wasn't anything. It just kept, and it was there for about six months, and I kept on writing notes and reading stuff. And then in the end, I thought, I have to do this, and I have to start with my business. And we took it back to profit neutral. We lost clients. We said goodbye to clients. But I just knew that if I put good at the heart of it, then it would go in the right way, and it just did. But there's a lot of pushback, isn't there, on um, people not believing that capitalism, or by running a business, that you can actually be doing good and having a nice place to work where people thrive. Uh, I know the guy who owns the Timpsons uh, Shoe Repair. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah, and he talks about ethical capitalism. But I have a lot of those conversations about it's it can't be done. You can't run a business and be making money and and be doing good and in be the world. kind and mm. be kind yes yeah. you can yeah yes you can now, it doesn't mean you're soft i've fired people yeah I've, i'm still you know i would still do it but i would do it with this conversation i'd say this isn't working i i just don't think this is working with you and me how do we make this better and if it doesn't we have to part mm. That's a much kinder way than maybe ignoring someone. Yeah. You know, sending emails, not bringing them into it, slightly bullying them out of the business. You still do business, but you do it with the right intent. And everything that you do, you just look and you question everything. We have a a, a thing we do every week where, once a month, actually not every week, where our MD says, what would you do if you're MD for the day? And it's not just written. Someone You talk and someone will give you an idea and say, you know what, we really feel this. Or wouldn't it be great if we did this? Or... And we bring take those on board. So everybody from junior level staff has a voice. That doesn't stop us making money. I've made I you know, I have made money and I love making money <laughs> and I love giving jobs to people and I love money the where I can pay for my kids and that's what I want to do. But I want to be able to at the end of the day go, God, and I've given people a more rounded life. It's not just I'm working. If people leave my agency, I like to think they've gone out into the world and just grown a little bit. Mm. Because isn't that what we want to do with our children? So why would we stop doing it with our with our work colleagues? Yeah. In the book, you um, in chapter two, you start with a quote from the Dalai Lama: 
know the rules so you can break them effectively. Yeah. It sounds to me almost like you spent your career learning the rules. And at that moment when you said, actually, what do I want? That was the point where you said, actually, I, I can just take a step back yes. and do what I want to do based on my rules, based on my values. Yes, and I was lucky that I earned enough money that if it all went hate tong god she's going back to her 90s <laughs> if it all went wrong i could say do you know what i'm i'm all right so mm -hmm. i knew i could take that risk i'd sort of looked at my numbers I and mean, i wouldn't have been you know anywhere near as wealthy but i thought well no i'd still have a decent life so i took that risk so and how you does know, it apply though if i'm a cleaner and i do and i'm thinking about the numbers how can i apply everything that you're saying in this book to my daily life well, that's huge questions. I mean, first of all, I'm hoping that the people who have the cleaning companies will read this and think, how can I get the best out of my yeah. cleaners? Yeah. And that's why I think this is the top of the business. Mm -hmm. What I'd also say to the cleaners is, which my mother was, um, you know, five kids and go out cleaning in the evening. I'd say, just remember, whatever you are doing, you still should have a sense of yourself. And I remember listening to Oprah Winfrey when she said her mother, you know, put up with so much stuff, but she'd come home and think, I can't lose that job because I've got that kid here. Now, if we have enough power, we're calling out this bad behavior. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people like me, people in business who are saying this is unacceptable then the cleaner should have more confidence to say and go and say, this is just not working for me and I know that it isn't acceptable. And the other thing is ask questions of business because there are good businesses out there mm -hmm. and that cleaner will find another job with a business that will look after them. And I think the minute you sell yourself and you change your shape, we diminish who we are, mm. cleaners or not. Mm -hmm. And I've got the greatest cleaners and I always have a little chat because sometimes they become invisible when I'm in the evening, come into the office and you see them empty in bins. And you know, past times, I would have not talked to them. Mm. And now it's just, and I say, how are you? How was your day? These are humans and it's just actually, someone said to me, why is it called work like a woman? Isn't it just about humane behavior? It is, but the values in there are historically female values. Mm -hmm. And I think the values of caring, collaboration, are going to be the values that will save us and our world. It doesn't look like it at the moment with the toxic far right that's happening, you know, the, 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 what's happening even though we've gone into Brazil and Trump's, but there is a whole other movement and mm. we've just got to make that one bigger and harder. And faster. Yeah. Yeah. And faster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Mary Porter, thank you so much for joining us. We all want to work like yeah. women artists yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, the book is out now. People can go buy it. It is genuinely just very readable actually very readable and very interesting and i wish that everyone would read it and learn from it it's been fabulous having you in the studio thank you, too, you so thank much you. you look great come in again <laughs> i will it. i will probably <laughs> chat stay for it stay for the rest of the show <laughs> yeah. now i've got to go and see fireworks now oh. yeah you and all our listeners i think this has been the Badass Women's Hour podcast with me, Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. If you want to hear more from us, you can come follow us on social media at Badass Women's Hour HR um, or leave us a review and tell us how much you love us. We really need to feel the love. Five stars should do it. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.